5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 24 minutes to 9. Michael Billington of Blythe has three minutes to call in and claim $200 off his next energy bill. All thanks to Sharp Energy Hub, 8223-0055. The clock's ticking, Michael. Otherwise... It becomes $400 with Leon Biner after 9 o'clock. Well, it's been a drama-filled 24 hours in the history of the Adelaide Football Club, starting on Sunday night when Mark Rusciuto made those comments for which he has since apologised. He fronted up here yesterday on the drive show with Rowie and Bix, explained what he was trying to say, but unreservedly said sorry for the distress that he'd caused with so many fans. And at the same time, the club announced what many fans have been clamouring for, which is an external review of its entire operations. The CEO of the football club, Andrew Fagan, joins us on the line now. Andrew, good morning and thank you for your time. Morning, David. Now, as I said, Rue has apologised and good on him for doing so. We're not interested in rehashing what he said, but we're very interested in how the fans reacted to it because people didn't regard this as a slip of the tongue. They regarded it as a Freudian slip. They thought, yep, you know, that's what this club thinks of us. How did it get to this? Well, certainly not how the club thinks of um, our fans and I think Rue tried to make that clear in his apology yesterday and um, I certainly you know, spoke to him on Sunday night when I was made aware of the comments and expressed the same view um, and look, we know that our fans are the absolute lifeblood of the footy club and um, we talk about it often. Um, they also demand high performance from us and when we underperform, they're, they're upset with us and justifiably... So and we share that frustration, we share their disappointment and But that comment. that comment though, it was like you would have you would have seen the tweets in the Tizer today. Mm. If you're in the studio I'll be able to show you our, our text line. No, it was I, I, it was I got, like I got a them, mate. Yeah, yeah. But it was like a damn wall bursting and people went, you know, this club, it regards us with indifference, if not disdain. Why why do people think that? Uh well I don't think everyone does think that, David, and except I'd receive you know, plenty of comments throughout the year that, it, that don't reflect that. But when we underperform, this is a, this is a sport and a, a fueled by emotion and passion. We've got an extraordinarily large um, and deeply passionate supporter base, and they they want us to be great in delivering performances for them that make them proud. And um, and when we don't do that, that frustration comes out, and they want to know why. And um, not, we can't always provide them the answers to that because the part, part of it, I think, aren't always so simple. Part of it, I think, though, is that you and the chairman don't engage enough. And, and, you know, be it good news, bad news or indifferent news, David Kosh is on our show every Monday morning and he either cops it sweet or he has a bit of a laugh about how good things are going. There's a view in the media, and I think it's trickled into the fan space, that you guys operate in a remote and imperious fashion. I just don't agree with that, Pembo. So I know that... uh... Um, Port Adelaide, who are a corporate partner of your radio network, actually do engage in that way, and we. Um, but that, but it's been going on for years when they weren't partners. It's no, and 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 when I was a part of your network, I was actually on it a lot more than I am now. But we equally have we've got eighteen players that uh, I think have you know private media deals to do things across the club. We actually across the media network. We but the players perform, can't ever talk on, about hold on, David. Hold on, David. We we do also um, I think perform more interviews across. Um, a week than almost any club in the AFL. So we do speak right across the network, right to, to media. We engage with them. We produce more content for our fans that we put out through all of our platforms than any yeah. club in the, in the country. That's measured by but the But that's AFL. different content. That is um, that, that content does not go to 
fan satisfaction. It does not go to the cost of memberships. It does not go to operational matters. We're not going to ask Eddie when he comes in here about should there be an external review. We wouldn't put the bloke under that kind of pressure. And and it's become so bad in the last two years. And I think the camp was the classic example where the line out of the club was, oh, there's no dramas with the camp. There's no dramas with the camp. There's no dramas with the camp. And then you hold a press conference and it's like, actually, you know what? Yeah, there were dramas with the camp. And even the other day, the club couldn't even work out if Richard Douglas was retiring or whether he'd been delisted. That press conference was a train wreck. Um, well, David, I think you're also there's there's plenty of other engagement that takes place. So I know it's you'd love for us to maybe come on your program more often, but um, we uh, we will conduct surveys with our members. We have fan forums with our members. We speak to them um, regularly and engage with them regularly. I I sat down with three members two Saturdays ago. I speak to one or two of them every single week, sort of on the phone when they write emails to me. So we I've responded obviously a fair few this week um, as well. We we hear their views. Um, we try to speak to as many as possible and 700,000 of our fans. Um, we really do try and do that. And instead, we've, I'm actually just reviewing the survey of 3,500 of our fans on all sorts of things, which includes ticket prices and the match day environment and everything else that goes along with it. So we actually do do that. Um, now, not all of that is conducted through the media. Most of it is conducted directly to the fans themselves. So... Um, and we try and be as transparent as we possibly can, noting, of course, that we are dealing with people. And uh, and look, you know, even we took on fan feedback from last year to this year about injuries, and we tried tried to provide a greater level of medical sort of diagnosis and description of any injuries that our players have. And I think largely that's been received positively um, because we reacted to what they wanted. Like they didn't uh, they didn't want the more generic statements that, like every other club, pours out about injuries to players. So we listen to them and we try and make um, adjustments you know, as appropriate. And, um, and then there are some things that we, we can't talk about. We don't talk about things like player contracts. And uh, that ultimately, we, the club's made up of people. Um, some of the conversations can be shared really broadly and some of, them are, some of them are more confidential. And I don't think there's too much difference between what we do to, to most other clubs. But, but we take on board the feedback. And I said, it's, it's, you know, we've, I spent three hours yesterday in a, Workshop internally here, we're looking at ways in which we can um, introduce some additional fan engagement um, activities. And we've got, you know, we'll talk about, we'll release some of those details, I think, over the course okay. of the next month or so. Let's talk about the external review. Um, is an external review an admission by, by you and Brett Burton as the leaders of the football department that you don't know what's gone wrong for the last two years on field? Uh, well, not at all. I think it's just important to always review. So we we actually bring in externals into our annual reviews and... Um, the uh, sorry, yeah, into our traditional annual review. Obviously, we've we're given the underperformance in a couple of years. We want to have a more extensive review. We've got some. Um, when I say we, this is a collective we. Whether it's Don Pike or Brett Merton or myself or Mark Rashido or the other coaching staff or even some of the players. I think everyone's got their views as to um, you know what we think might need to be adjusted. And, what are your views? Um, what, what do you, where do you think it's gone wrong? Well, I'm I'm not going to share those to preempt the review. I really think it's important that don't I don't, the, don't the don't, members deserve to hear from the CEO about what the, what what he thinks went wrong for the last two well, years? Yeah, and they will through a review. I just think it's really important to respect the integrity of the of a review process. I think that's critically important, and I don't want to you know be here talking about those things prior to you know players having sort of shared their views, coaches having shared their views, and and the external panel coming in to speak you know in the appropriate manner through the through the football department. I don't want to in any way be you know, influencing that, but 
be, and I think that's for integrity. And look, hopefully, in three or four weeks, when we finalise this review, we'll then share the, you know, the findings of of that with our fans, and that we'll do so transparently. There's an internal review going on as well, as Rob Chapman said on the uh, the sports show last night. If the internal review and the external review say different things, whose review wins? Uh, well, it's not about winning; it's about identifying the yeah. But which out, which sorry, which outcome gets it ultimately employed and forced? Well, it won't be so simple. It's not. It won't be um, just X V Y. Uh, I'm sure it'll identify a series of because uh, every one of our annual reviews will will identify a series of things that we can improve anyway. Now, this this uh, it will the internal review will again do that because it does that every single year. We never stand still. We're constantly looking to improve and. The external review will take a slightly different um, different look, but uh, uh, it, there's no doubt that its findings will be key to any changes that we make. Um, it'll stand front and centre, and um, and you know I expect it to be extraordinarily influential. Um, and we'll put together all of the recommendations that we think can make us better. Extraordinary influential, though, isn't a commitment to to uphold all of the recommendations or employ all the recommendations of the review. So, well, are, are you committed? Are you committed to 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 doing whatever the, the the external review ultimately says needs to be done. Well, I expect that to be the case. Again, let's see what let's see what they say. Some of the things might be. Um, I'm not sure whether they'll have timeframes on them or whether it will, you know, talk to um, uh, whether there'll be clear recommendations of changes or whether it'll actually be just posing problems to us and potential solutions. It might not. It might provide two or three different solutions on a particular matter as to ways we can go about it. So I certainly expect though that that um, the recommendations will sort of influence all, every single decision that we make. And I, I expect, again, that they'll lead our thinking and they'll be presented to both me and to the board and um, for us to then make the appropriate appropriate decisions. But as I sort of think quite clearly said, it'll be extraordinarily influential. Does the review get made public, Andrew? Well, the key findings will, David. Um, and, you know, the, the whole report um, won't, but the key findings will be made public. And I think that's... Uh, primarily to ensure that people speak freely. And you know, I spent some time speaking with Brian Cook at Geelong. We spoke to the guys at Richmond and Collingwood, the reviews that they've conducted most you know, most recently, I think all considered to be um, successful processes. And, um, and they said it was one of the key aspects um, was to ensure the confidentiality of the conversations to enable um, everyone to speak freely, to get all the information out that they needed to. Um, but obviously the, the key findings will either be Obvious, but um, uh, they'll also be um, they'll be made public. So, two of the names we're aware of of the four-person panel. Is it the case that one of the people on the panel will remain anonymous? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, so we've we will. I, I, I'm expecting to, and then you know, by the end of this week, to name the other two people who are more football focused. Um, and look, we will. I think that comment might relate to. Um, uh, a couple of conversations I've had with people where we will also, in addition to the external panel, we'll engage with some others um, in the industry to provide us with their sort of input and insights just to, to challenge certain theories that we might have. Um, said we want this to be really robust um, and some of those individuals um, don't wish to be um, you know, publicly named as part of so a review. An... They're, happy to, they're happy to help. So that's another review. Um, well, it's not a, we do this all the time, Will, so don't try to turn it into something that it's not. So we, I'm just we confused. Will, there's an internal, external, and now there's another group of people that are no, anonymous no, that will no, be involved it's, as well. Not a, it's not another group of it. We will constantly, this happens all of the time, coaches bring in mentors, they bring in other people, they throw ideas around. So I'm just saying in response to your question that 
Um, will there other will other people be involved who uh, in our football club taking a look at it from time to time who we may not sort of publicly announce? Yes, because that always happens. And I would suggest that through this process, it could well happen. I'm not even guaranteeing that it will, but it, it could well happen because through the external review, we might draw on some people to say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, you know, it's a it's a complex um, it's a complex environment. The football the football department, and um, for instance, we might decide to uh, bring in someone to look at um, something as specific as tendon injuries, or you know, we mm. probably won't because we haven't had too many of those this year. But mm. you, know, you can you if we zero in on something where we think there's some maybe some empirical evidence of an issue together with some um, discussions which highlight a potential concern, well then we'll we might find a you know, an expert in that space to say, look, what's your view? Now, um, that's it will it will be um, it will be done to complement the people who are a part of the review process. Now, I don't think that's particularly unusual at all, and it's things that we we already do. Andrew, as you've been talking to us, we've been getting text after text from our listeners, and none of them are particularly favourable. Mm. Just to wrap things up, what is your direct message? You as the boss talking to the fans now, what do you want to say to them? Well, I just want to say that we understand their frustration and we share their disappointment, and um, that's felt by people inside the club. And we certainly you know, hear the frustration, disappointment that comes from our fans, and um, and we 100% commit to making this club better in every way. And it's you know, our recent results demand that we that we do that. Um, it's sort of what we live and breathe every single day, and um, everyone inside these four walls is embracing um, that process wholeheartedly um, and it's why we announced the external review um, it's why we're trying to be as upfront and own this as possible um, I don't think anyone shirked away from it I think all of the leaders in the club have spoken to the fact that no stone will be left unturned and um, and hopefully our said members and fans completely understand that and mm. we, we we want to make them proud and I think you know you know the people inside this club Pembo you've spent time with them um, and I think you you know know the the passion that exists with people and the and the efforts that everyone puts in to make the club successful um, and make them and make the members proud of what we do and hmm, absolutely um, that, I couldn't agree that, with that more. The thing is, at the moment, not. no one's no one's questioning the passion, but a lot of them are questioning the the execution. And, and yep, no, and that's and that's fair enough it's yeah. because it's because it's been poor. Yeah, that's uh, well, certainly the results have, and we've got to work out what parts of the execution have been good and what hmm. parts need to improve to deliver improved results and. That's uh, you know we two years ago, this, you know the body of work took us to a grand final, and we've had two years of disappointment since then. So we've got to you know, work out where those gaps have emerged and fix them. And that that uh, I'm I'm assuring people that's what I'm committed to doing. Andrew Fagan, Crow CEO, thanks for joining us this morning.